0: Hello and welcome to the End the Money Players podcast. This is our show for Monday, August 29th. We're talking about the Mid-Atlantic Pick 4, as we've done the last several Mondays. And to do that with us, we bring in the two people we've had on uh, most all of these shows. And we will start with uh, a woman who you will see this week on the simulcast feed for Colonial. She's been doing a fantastic job. She's Jessica Paquette. Jessica, what's up?
1: You know, just a uh, day after Travers Day, we're all recovering a little bit. I-
0: You're recovering a little bit differently than than most of us doing that uh, very impressive 22-mile run yesterday. I hope you do something nice for yourself today.
1: I I often find ways to treat myself.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. And we're also bringing in a man who usually comes to us from the planet Texas, I believe still in Saratoga Springs, unless he got up very, very early. Nick Tamaro, how are things, buddy?
2: Doing great, my friend. Still in Saratoga Springs. One more day. Headed home tonight. Okay, excellent.
0: And I'll bother you. We won't do the production meeting in the middle of the show, but you can let me know an appropriate time to do some recapping. Maybe we'll maybe we'll wait till Tuesday, though I'm so excited about the the figure from the big race yesterday that I, I'm not sure I can wait that long, but it sounds like with Monday, a travel day, I'm just going to have to wait.
2: Yeah, I think Tuesday will work out perfectly, and uh, we'll be able to run down all the, the good stuff that happened yesterday. Tune in for that later this week. But of course...
0: We've talked about this Mid Atlantic Pick Four bet and all the things that we like about it. We like the player friendly terms for sure, but I just really like that it, it scratches that itch that I've had ever since we lost Monday racing up here, whatever that was, three or four years ago. It's all a blur with the with the pandemic. It reminds me of uh, the good old days driving down to to we, we would we, you know even when we had Monday racing, we, Tuesday was the only dark day, but you could really be hardcore and drive down to a Great Barrington Fair. On the Tuesday, and check out your old circuit. (laughs) You're too young. You're too young to have made it there, though, Jessica. I'm guessing.
1: I I have made it to the fairs, and I've also made it to the fairs on a snowy day when the track was pretty much condemned to do some reconnaissance and like (laughs) broke in and went places that I'm surprised I didn't fall through the floor of, you know, a clocker stand that I just climbed up into.
0: Oh my God! There was a rumor a few years ago that Great Barrington might might be coming back. I wonder is that, so it's it's not that that dream is not gone
1: oh no it is very it is like dead on arrival now but we were trying back then um unfortunate
0: you know. well the whole, the whole that's another podcast that's another that's that's a whole other podcast but i i will say it does make me very happy to have these bets on mondays if only we could uh you know have a, a little better luck we've had some we've had some very Chaotic horses come and spoil some very good tickets, but we've also given out plenty of winners, and that's going to be the aim today. So let's talk about this bet. It starts off with Monmouth's fifth race on Monday. So that's going to go at 349 Eastern, and we're going to be on the turf here. We've got a one-mile, $16,000 claimer to get this thing kicked off, and a field of eight going postward. Jessica, let's start with you. What numbers will be gracing your tickets as we kick off this Mid-Atlantic Pick 4?
1: I think this is a deceptively tough leg to start the sequence with. Um, I think Gun for Success is going to be a little bit overbet. And I understand, like, he checks and boxes here, kind of pass and pedigree, gets a big class drop. Has, but he has not been super consistent as far as I'm concerned. I think the class drop off of that last pretty bad effort. I may try to take a stand and try to find some value in this leg and leave him off of a ticket. I am a little intrigued by number seven, Jamma Dillon, who came to Colonial off of um, three days rest, which was a lot to ask of a horse to ship a couple of hours and then run after running really well in for 16 at Monmouth. And I respect the Nun Barn so much. I gave the horse, you know, some, some, of some chance that day at Colonial. Obviously it was just too much for him, but I think he can return to what had been pretty solid form now that he has been freshened a little bit. He also caught a relatively tough field at Colonial that day, not to toot our horn, but some of those, even those bottom non-winners of Two Lifetime can come up a little bit tough. So I think he's a little bit interesting. I'm also going to use, I think, Shimmering Loud, uh, Shimmering Leroy on my ticket. Has some speed, can do a little bit better than last time.
0: Seven and three on the A-line, maybe two on the B-line, or are you going to leave the two off completely? I'm
1: leaving the two off completely. Um, On the the B-line, I might throw in number one, Mystified.
0: All right. Nick, how do you see this one? Are you against this favorite as
2: well? Um, I mean, not wholeheartedly, but I do think he's a really good favorite worth taking on. It is a pretty sizable class drop. My concern is that this horse wants to be forward. There's other speed in here, and really, he's not run any faster than a lot of his rivals that uh, that are going to offer more value at the windows. You know, you're you're talking about a race with a bunch of onefers, and I'm going to take one of the the most egregious onefers in <laughs> six bob in our midst, who's one for thirty eight, but. You know, looking through the PPs for this horse, when in the Bob Moscow's care, he really faced a lot of better horses over time. And now that he's in a high percentage new barn, he immediately improved last time out. I think he potentially has another forward move in him. And if you believe, like I do, that there's going to be some pace in here, I think that'll really help. So I'll loan a Bob in our midst. I'll use the two and four as backups and just hope to get through that first leg. All right, let's move to Colonial.
0: Colonial's seventh race is the second race in this sequence. We have a field of 10. Nick,
2: we'll keep it with you. You know, I thought this was a really interesting race with a lot of contention. It looked like Lady Dominance came in the right way with a good recent effort. Um, Chick Shadow, who beat her last time, was a bit longer priced, the only winner at the meet so far for Angel Rodriguez. But this is a horse that's got a little bit more tactical speed. So I would imagine it's dangerous for that reason. Double Fireball fits very well from a class perspective, too. Coming out of optional claiming races and now into the starter allowance level and looks like one of the main speeds. I didn't have a particularly strong lean amongst those. I figured I'd use all three. I could even back up with the the eight vibrancy because it looked like a race that was very competitive to me. So just run down those numbers for me real quick so I get them for our plus notes. I'll have the eight
0: as a backup, and I will use the six, four, and two as a's. And who do you like the best of those? Probably the two. Okay, two, six, and four on the A line, eight on the B line. Jessica, let's bring you back in to get your thoughts on this one.
1: So number 10, Waywardness, is a really interesting mare. She is a the kind of horse that comes into the paddock on the muscle, snorting like a colt. <laughs> um, she's a big, powerful kind of horse, and I think she's really hit her best stride this summer. She has one gear. It's go to the front end and you know try not to get caught out there. Last time she got caught in a speed duel, and I think she may have an easier time on the front end today. I don't think she gets an uncontested lead, but I think she is quick enough, scopy enough, and honest enough to stick around. She's one of my stronger opinions on the card. I also do like Lady Dominance. Good effort against similar last time out, and really just rarely but- runs a bad race. I'm also going to throw number seven, Witty Banter, on my ticket, who I think could capitalize if anyone really takes it to waywardness early.
0: Interesting. uh, Big price on the morning line with witty banter. Do you see using them kind of equally or would you uh, grade them out into A's and B's?
1: Uh, I'll use waywardness as an A here, but I do want to keep number two and seven on my ticket.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll put them as more, more like on a backup line, but obviously plenty of affection for those two runners as well. Let's head back to the Jersey shore for their seventh race. We skip the six, which is on the dirt. And then we're back on the turf for race number seven, which is a one mile allowance Jessica, how do we want to get through this leg?
1: Number three, Pirate Parade. I'm fascinated by this horse. Um, coming in off of, you know, not the best effort. Had, got caught, uh, showed some speed, opened up a really clear, convincing lead, and then just backtracked in the stretch. But I think the, the ever so slight cut back to a mile will really suit this horse. Big John Pimentel fan, um, long, long time East Boston Oval connection. So obviously rooting for them. But mm-hmm. uh, I like—I mean, speed on the turf can sometimes be a no brainer. And I think if he, he this is the kind of horse that gets a little brave on the lead if he's able to open up uh, a length or two advantage. So we'll see if the mile is what he needs. Um, otherwise, I'm kind of interested in number five, Artie's Angel. Uh, there should be some pace for this horse to run at. I think he gets a similar setup that he got last time.
0: Three and five to carry us through Monmouth's seventh race, the third leg in this mid-Atlantic pick four. Nick Tamro, how do you see it?
2: Yeah, I thought I thought one of the interesting horses here is Comedic Timing, who's really improved since he's gotten into the care of uh, Pompeo Gomez, including a, an effort last time out against Starter Allowance Company where he got into some traffic trouble late. I don't know if he's quite good enough, but I have to use him just because of the improvement shown. And, and again, he'll benefit if there's a little pace in front of him as well. I think Pirate Parade is the the main speed and is dangerous for that reason. He set a very strong pace last time out before uh, getting really tiring late. And as Jess said, that was at a mile and an eighth. A mile really should suit him quite a bit better. I don't have anything against Super Energizer on the rail who comes in off a good effort at Delaware. Did look like he needed a bit softer competition and now maybe arrives back at Monmouth with a little bit more confidence. But I'm going to focus on the three and seven. Uh, I'll use the one and five as backups and try to keep it simple. All right. That's how we're going to get through
0: the third leg. And that's going to bring us to the pay leg in the sequence, which for which we go back to colonial, uh, Jess's digs. And this is their eighth race, an allowance going five and a half on the turf this time at a field of nine. Nick Tamro, how are we going to get paid?
2: Well, I mean, I'm kind of the king of finding the wrong horse to try and get paid with for the last <laughs> leg of any wager at colonial, but I will admit, you know, it really looks like one of the two inside runners should win. Linda Rice and Christoph Clamont both represented here. Uh, Vocalize was placed first via disqualification last time out. He was not involved in the interference that ended up getting him elevated. The, the eventual, the original winner did so on the turn. Uh, but this is a horse who's run well sprinting. I don't think the rail draws any kind of problem. Psychedelic Shaq looks like one of the speeds. Christoph Clement doesn't necessarily want his horses really shoved to the lead. So maybe we'll see a similar kind of trip to what this horse got on debut. And, and otherwise, you know, it it felt like some of the local horses like by the seashore and, um, and and maybe small field were somewhat dangerous, but I think they're going to have to elevate their games to an extent. I did think small field ran well last time out first time against winners. I would use the one and two as a's. I'd probably back up with the, uh, with the four and nine. All right. Good stuff. Jessica,
0: how do you see this one? Is it going to be about these invaders from New York, or do you think the local horses will rule the day?
1: I think it is about the invaders from New York, but I kind of want to take a stand with one, not use both of them. Um, so I'm going with Psychedelic Check. Less starts has done really nothing wrong, and I do think the Linda Rice horse may be a little bit overbet. I'm really curious, actually, how the betting shakes out for this race. Um, I, I, I'm very, I'm very curious. Vocalize again. I, I have. There's been nothing about his form that I have loved. And he did get the win last time out. It is better to be lucky than good some days. But uh, psychedelic shack. I'm going to use. I also like by the seashore. as far as the local horses go. Gets Caramano's aboard. Um, Edgar Zayas gave him a very solid, very good ride last time out as well. But Caramano's is kind of the king of the turf course.
0: Two and four to close things out for you, Jessica. Yeah. Excellent. All right. There you have it. That is our rundown of this Mid-Atlantic Pick 4 for Monday, August 29th. We've got a lot of other stuff happening on the network we'll want folks to check out this week. Travers is in the books, but another huge weekend of racing coming up, not just at Saratoga, but uh, Del Mar and all around the country. And you can get a lot of information here uh, if you subscribe to our In The Money Media podcast, if you check out our YouTube channel and, of course, our website where you'll find uh, analysis from Saratoga Daily, from our very own Nick Tamro, in the is where you want to go to check that out. Nick, Jessica, thank you for your efforts here today, and we'll be talking soon.
1: Good luck, everyone. Thank you,
0: Pete. Good luck. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the show. It's better production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney, our Chief Creative Officer is Jonathan Kenschett. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.